Blog Talk Radio. September the 14th, 2015, and as always, I'm your host, John Hansen, and as we do each and every Monday at this same time over the same virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network through our studios in New York City, we bring to you another soundbite of insight from the world of procurement. Of course, this is put together by Buyers Meeting Point's Kelly Barner, and, and today it's an interesting, uh, an interesting topic, which is the reason, or looking for the reasons why, Volkswagen and Suzuki, their relationship, their collaborative partnership failed. Why didn't it work? Because we're all talking about becoming more relational. We're talking about being able to work together and, and remove the shackles of adversarial dealings. Yet here's two organizations that seem to come together under the premise that there was going to be great benefit to both, and those benefits weren't realized. So without further delay, let's find out what happened. Thank you, John. This week's guest audio touches on the dark side of collaborative business relationships, and that is the fallout for all parties involved if and when they fail. It was recently reported that Suzuki and Volkswagen have finally completed their divorce or the breakup of their 2009 partnership that was supposed to bring market, manufacturing, and technical expertise together for the benefit of both parties. Before I dig into the full he said, she said, here's a brief overview of the story from Reuters. Let's listen. Japan's Suzuki Motor has offered to terminate its alliance with German automaker Volkswagen. The Nikkei Daily says the Japanese automaker came up with the offer at an extraordinary general meeting Monday after VW accused its Japanese ally of a partnership breach. Volkswagen says a separate deal by Suzuki to use Fiat engines is a breach of their partnership and given the Japanese automaker several weeks to address the problem. Suzuki earlier denied violating the agreement. When Suzuki and VW signed the agreement in late 2009, the Japanese automaker was eyeing Volkswagen's engine technology, while the German automaker was keen on Suzuki's access to India. Suzuki has a successful partnership with Maruti in India, where they are market leaders. But no deals have materialized since, and Suzuki has been unhappy with the nature of the partnership with Volkswagen. In one incident in July, VW classified Suzuki as an associate to be carried at equity. This implies holdings of at least 20% and where VW can significantly influence financial and operating policy decisions. Suzuki disputes any form of VW influence. The German carmaker paid $2.3 billion for a 19.9% stake in Suzuki. It says it has no intention of selling the stake and wants to continue with the alliance. Suzuki shares paired losses after falling as much as 3.7% in Tokyo Monday. Arnold Gay, Reuters. As sad as the state of the relations between these two companies is today, the partnership started with high expectations on both sides and in the automotive market as a whole. In 2010, VW purchased a 20% stake in Suzuki, worth approximately $2 billion at the time, indicating that this deal was no informal initiative. 
Unfortunately, it also started out with ulterior, or at the very least, secondary motives that may have doomed the effort from the outset. The benefits of the agreement were supposed to be that Suzuki would get access to fuel-efficient, next-gen powertrain technology, as well as the more advanced economic markets where VW excels. In return, VW would get help building their presence in India, where Suzuki has a foothold, and learn about low-cost manufacturing. Although the deal was struck in 2009, it almost immediately soured. It would seem that while representatives from both sides signed on the dotted line and smiled through the handshake, there was lingering distrust present that no contract could overcome. Almost immediately, the two sides were arguing about relatively small details such as using spot versus laser welding, the timing of efforts, and manpower contributions. The divide continued to grow until arbitration was unavoidable and both companies just wanted out. Suzuki felt that VW had the upper hand in the agreement. In other words, they did not see the partnership as an equal one in execution and they felt they were getting the shorter end of the stick. They were wary of VW's intentions and, much like an unruly teenager, they started exerting their independence. In fact, they went as far as to imply later on that VW only agreed to be their partner to prevent them from becoming a source of direct competition to VW in certain markets. One of the ways Suzuki exerted themselves involved their sourcing and purchasing organization. It also ended up being the final nail in the agreement's coffin. Suzuki purchased diesel engines from Fiat rather than VW, although, according to the agreement, VW had the right to expect that Suzuki would purchase the engines from them or at least give them the right of first refusal. Suzuki, on the other hand, claimed that VW refused to share their valuable hybrid technology IP that was supposed to be covered by the agreement. They also took issue with the way VW handled the 20% stake in Suzuki and how they reported it in their financial records. It was Suzuki that finally took the initiative to call off the alliance, although the London Court of International Arbitration ultimately found that Suzuki was the ones who had breached the agreement. In fact, there should actually be one more ruling still to come about whether or not Suzuki owes VW damages for buying those engines from Fiat. The agreement itself lasted for only two years, but it took twice as long for both sides to extract themselves. We can only imagine the cost. There has been a loss in brand reputation, opportunity, and profit. According to the London Arbitration Court, Suzuki has to buy back the 20% stake from VW. For all the best practices we hear about the need to be more collaborative and relationship-oriented, this is a cautionary tale about what can happen when things go wrong. And it would seem, in retrospect, that things were clearly going wrong right from the outset. There was too much suspicion and distrust in both parties for the agreement to handle the natural, eventual tension of collaboration. Do case studies like this one serve as lessons learned about how not to partner? Or do they discourage companies from attempting similar arrangements? Does the mindset at your organization suggest that you would fare better or fall into the same traps as Suzuki and VW? If you have any thoughts or feedback about this episode, you can reach me directly on Twitter, at Buyers Meetpoint, or on LinkedIn, or by visiting buyersmeetingpoint.com. Please also listen to some of my other Procurement Perspectives podcasts, 
available on Blog Talk Radio and SoundCloud.